Welcome, everyone, to the Prince Lyrics Podcast. I am your host, Jason Brenninger. Today, we are going to be talking about controversy. We're all the way up to episode 27 now, and we just crossed over into the controversy album. And to join me to talk about controversy, the song, the lead single off the album, and the first track on the record is Karen Shedrick. Hi, Karen. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful, thank you. Very, Good. very well. It's uh, it's awesome to be talking about Controversy now. I love the Dirty Mind album, and it's one of my top five favorite, but Controversy is like right behind it for me. It's mm-hmm. it's so fun, and I, I really enjoy the um, the kind of political stance Prince started taking at the end of Dirty Mind with Party Up and, and injecting some of those those topics and some of those themes into kind of already very sexual songs that he had uh, set the tone with with Dirty Mind and now he continued on with that with Controversy. I mean there's a, still a lot of sex going on in Controversy. And right. uh, but then on top of that he like sprinkles some um political viewpoints and some social commentary and it's really kind of a cool mixture. I I dig that a lot. Absolutely. He was multifaceted and I think he wanted people to know that and understand that as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was growing as an artist, and this is just another evolution of his sound and of his of his lyrics. And that's really what we're going to be digging into with this album. Is I mean, the music is great, and it's and it's very um, joyous, especially on this song. This song has got you know a groove that can't be denied. Nobody can tell you that the controversy groove is 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 it isn't the jam i mean it is mm-hmm. and so if all he gave us was just the music of the song controversy it could still be an enormous hit and a really memorable song for him but that's that's not all he did with this song at all that's right that's right the music like the the way it starts you're like wait what what is this you know, just that groove when it first starts before you even hear any any lyrics is just it it just takes you there immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Controversy was the first single off the album, as I mentioned. It was kind of the uh, you know, the introduction to this record for a lot of people. It was the biggest um hit from the album. It didn't do well on the you know, the top forty pop charts or the top one hundred pop charts, but it did very well on the dance charts and the black charts, um, mm-hmm. making top five. And then I think it even might have reached number one on the dance charts. So it was, even though it didn't necessarily cross over to a wide audience at the time, it was very big on those charts and big in clubs, I'm sure, and dance clubs. And uh, it was a well, it became a well-known song by Prince as a result of the success on those charts. And uh, I'm sure it got plenty of radio play in uh, urban markets, I would imagine. I wasn't in an urban market at the time, so I can't speak to that. Did you ever remember hearing the song on the radio, Karen? We heard it a lot. Um, Like you said, probably more so than the pop charts, uh, Mm R&B, definitely, because of that groove. I think it was more soulful, uh, in my opinion which is why it was more popular in, you know, R&B markets. Yeah, we heard it a lot. A yeah. lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I imagine so because there's there's no way it could have been as popular as it was on those charts without getting radio radio airplay. So that makes 
total sense. I unfortunately missed out on this song in its first first run because of where I lived and the the access I had to those radio stations was non-existent. So I had to rely on hearing about it after the fact, after he crossed over. So, but mm-hmm. you know, better better late than never because this, this song is awesome. It's it's so good. It's so good. And kind of like a, in a similar way to how uh, the song Dirty Mind set the tone for that album. Uh, controversy does the exact same thing. I mean, it's it uh, kicks the record off, so it's the you know side one, track one, and it it's more of like a mission statement kind in in many ways. So like Dirty Mind was more of a mission statement by just explaining to the listener, hey, this record's going to be pretty much all about sex. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, I have a dirty mind, and that's the way this this is going to go for the rest of this record. Controversy is trying to, I feel like it's trying to um, say something else, say a completely different thing, which he does throughout this record. And and while the groove, like in Dirty Mind, is undeniable, uh, the lyrical content is what sets it apart and makes it different. But it's still a mission statement because mm-hmm. it's letting the listener know hey i was all about sex on that last album and while there will be that and trust me there will be sex on this album mm-hmm. i want to address other things and, and a lot of those things that he wants to address are you know kind of like um things that have questions that have come up probably in the press or things that he has heard about himself because at this by this time he had done some tours and he had been in the media. Dirty Mind was a was a uh, although it wasn't a um, crossover success and it didn't sell a lot of copies. It did receive a lot of critical praise. So he was probably written about much more due to the Dirty Mind um, album than he might have been during the Prince record because of how critically acclaimed the record was. And so I imagine at the time there were articles coming out about Prince and um, and any, you know, photographs of him with his attire and the way he's dressed. And it probably caused a lot of questions. People read that and had a lot of questions. And he was also very coy at the time about, you know, his background, his sexuality, you know, his even his race. So where did he come from? You know, who are his parents? Is he is he gay you know things like these are the questions people probably had in their mind when reading articles about prince because they really didn't know and he wasn't he wasn't addressing them you know head on he didn't he didn't do that and that was mm-hmm. by design right i agree with that he wasn't doing interviews you know he was and he was projecting whatever image he wanted you know so he was leaving it up to uh, us what we thought of him or what we or how we took him you know he let his music speak for him as well but i agree this was the first time he actually addressed it you know in his own way Mm -hmm. so i definitely agree with that and by addressing it he doesn't address it (laughs) yeah just like you know i can't believe you know what people are saying about me basically and Uh just going through the gamut of what he had heard i guess of what he had read about himself Yep. Yeah, exactly. I mean, he knew what he was doing when he put those clothes on and when he would um, act <laughs> yes. act that way 
on TV, he knew he was going to spark controversy. He knew that he was going to get people to talk about him. <clears throat> and I, you know, Prince operated under the the guys that all press is better than no press, whether right. it's good or bad. And so if if people were talking negatively about him, at least they were still talking about him. And exactly. while I'm sure that, you know, some it's not like he didn't have feelings or he didn't care what people said about him. I truly believe he does and did. I don't know if if it was because he did it so intentionally, he, he had to know what kind of what kind of response he was going to get. And, and in many cases, it was going to be negative from some people. Mm-hmm. They're, they're going to look at him and not and not like what they saw. And he had to know that this in controversy is is his way of addressing it by not addressing it <laughs> by asking the questions, but never answering the questions. Right. He still wanted to like, Hey, ha- did you even think maybe I was straight or gay? Did you even consider maybe I, am I black or white? Mm-hmm. Cause if you hadn't, you're going to now, because I just asked the questions about myself in this song. That's a great way of looking at it. Like, like you said, those questions may not have even come up in some, some people's minds who were into Prince at that point. So yeah, that is a good, that's a good point that he raised his own controversy about himself in that song. Yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. And the music has always been the most important thing. And he understood that he knew that. Um, And it was the most important thing from day one to the end, but it was very important to him. And he's been quoted, you know, that he didn't want to be stuck in a box uh, musically he didn't want to only have a certain portion of of listeners and while he valued those listeners the r&b and the black audience that's not all he wanted he wanted right. uh, he wanted everybody to listen to him and it was a, i think a true concern and fear of his that because of how r- segregated radio was and mtv as you know as a burgeoning uh, media outlet was also very segregated. Um, that was a concern. It wasn't like it is today, where you know you turn on a pop radio and you would hear um, artists of every genre and every um, race and nationality on the pop radio. Back then, you were a black artist, you were on black radio, and that was it. You know, mm-hmm. you you had to be, you had to have had that crossover appeal. And and while you know Prince's aesthetic at the time maybe might not have endeared him to a white audience necessarily at least an older white audience i should say younger i think a younger audience was going to gravitate towards him because of what he represented for sure but an older white audience and usually those are the gatekeepers of radio (laughs) you know Mm that it's it's always the the out of touch older person, older generation that seems to be make, calling the shots about who gets airplay and who exactly. gets um, who can make it in the industry. And there was, I'm sure he was concerned, like, okay, this is what I'm going to present. And this is who, what I am, but it's not, I'm not looking to be um, only, only an R&B singer. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not going to just make it on the R&B charts and, and never crossover to that audience and when i when i say crossover i don't mean like in the sense of um not following his his musical muse or 
you know, changing his look and style to appeal to others. Because we both know that's not what he did, uh, at least with his style for sure. And yeah, he added some rock elements, but he always had rock in his music. So right. it's not like he was only making funk and R&B music and then all of a sudden uh, added rock elements to his music in order to cross over. He had been doing that from the beginning. I mean, I'm Yours off of his first album is a rock song. Mm-hmm. Uh, so his his ability to to play multiple genres was always going to be in his in his favor in order to reach wider audiences and reach a number of different fans. Absolutely, I I think that that was his his obviously that was his ultimate goal, and I think he was pushing the envelope definitely with Dirty Mind and Controversy as far as you know. Don't put me in a box. My music is much broader than that. You know, luckily, the the music execs made the effort to not put him in a box. But initially, like you said, in the 70s, 80s, when he first came out, because he was black, as far as they were concerned, he was a black artist. And that was mm-hmm. it. Yep, absolutely. And I think um, he had he had enough champions that could help him. And that was important. I mean, you, you can only do so much by yourself, mm-hmm. um, especially back in those days before, you know, Internet and social media where you could just put your message out there and market yourself. He needed help as much as he probably didn't want to need help. He needed help. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> he needed help to reach reach everyone. And so we had to have people on his side that believed in him and believed in in what he was going to do and what he could do. So that that was important. So we're all thankful for anybody who helped Prince <laughs> get out yes. there. lyrical standpoint of controversy as we mentioned it's um he's he's kind of really asking questions especially in the first verse he's asking questions that are meant to address or even if they weren't addressing they were instigating questions that might have come up or that he wanted people to kind of think to themselves whether or not they were true so like we mentioned he's already adding some controversy into his his persona and trying to to make people wonder what what what's prince all about what is what is he doing what is i mean we know the music but what is this man all about it, it's these days we have so many opportunities to for you know people to tweet about themselves or you know follow me on facebook and instagram and you can see all these artists day to day life and there's very little mystery mm-hmm. uh, if if somebody if an artist is on social media there's very little mystery about who they are and what they're about and that at that time obviously there wasn't so listeners were reliant on lyrical content to help guide them in a towards understanding the artist better like listening to the and reading into the lyrics and figuring out based on what they're saying 
what kind of person they are and what kind of um, background they might have come from. Mm-hmm. And so Prince does that very early in this first verse by asking questions without giving answers to make people think. So it starts off with, I just can't believe all the things people say. And after each one of these lines, you know, you have the little controversy mm-hmm. um, that is a nice little touch. Uh, just in case you weren't sure what the song is <laughs> and you weren't sure if these if these questions were meant to spark controversy, they'll remind you. I think uh, Lisa Coleman is credited as helping out with some of the background vocals on this song. So I imagine she it sounds like a fem- more of a feminine voice. Not that Prince couldn't do feminine voices because he obviously could. Mm-hmm. So it might be a combination of Prince and Lisa doing the controversy at the, the end of each line. But he goes, I just can't believe all the things people say. Am I black or white? Am I straight or gay? Do I believe in God? Do I believe in me? Controversy. So right off the bat, he's asking those questions. The questions that either people had already been asking themselves or, you know, creating new questions in our mind. Mm-hmm. Is he black or white? You know, because he, he was he's light skinned. I mean, we know from now his his background, um, there is white far back in his his family tree but both of his parents were were black so i mean he's a he's a black man and we all know this now but i can see you know just looking at pictures of him at the time and not knowing sure you know he could he be could he be white i don't know is he latino right there wasn't much i don't i mean there really wasn't much about him at all in the in the in the news or in the media anyway so like you said this was probably questions that people hadn't really thought about concerning him because there wasn't a lot written about him at that time, mm-hmm. you know, so this was, you know, this might've been his way of saying, you know, have you thought this about me? Or if you haven't, maybe you should. Yeah. Maybe you should yeah. question, you know, where my, what my heritage is. Right. I haven't thought about that. Am I straight or gay? I mean, that, that's always, that's that kind of question is, I know at least in the 80s, speaking, you know, as a kid in the 80s, he was, he had women, he surrounded himself with women and he was, uh, you know, a lot of his songs were very sexual towards women. And of course, the movie Purple Rain, obviously he's straight in that movie, but up until that point, the way that, you know, he sang in a high voice and his attire during the, the Dirty Mind era and controversy era with very minimal clothing, um, very frilly clothes, you know, even during the 1999 era and Purple Rain era, uh, lace and frills were a very common part of his wardrobe. Yeah, I'm sure the that they androgyny. were. Mm-hmm. Yes, a lot of androgynous with, you know, some, and yeah, his features to a lot of people that don't know him and are just getting into him and seeing this is what they see, this is what they're presented. That Like, okay, this this guy could be gay. Um, right, and that that has that was a legitimate question. I know that my father, you know, probably made some disparaging comments mm-hmm. about his sexuality at at the time. I mean, that was just how things were then. You know, yes. men were dressing up like women all the time, and it wasn't uncommon. And while it made some people uncomfortable, it was done in a way to, I think, just um, create a little 
little buzz and just be different, you know, step outside of the, um, the hyper masculine, you know, dress code that had been permeating rock music up until that point. You had the glam metal movement in, in the seventies, uh, that kind of started the androgynous look, uh, bands like New York dolls. And I mean, even kiss with their heavy makeup, although they were, their um, stage presence was very masculine. Putting all that makeup on uh, mm-hmm. was was enough for some people to, you know, question their sexuality. And Prince was doing something very similar with with his look at the time. So asking the question, "Am I straight or gay?" was not unusual. People were probably asking that question the minute they saw him on, you know, video. Or, you know, saw a picture of him in his bikini brief underwear. <laughs> exactly. He he did the falsetto a lot at that time. And he also had the high heels as well as the makeup, you know. And like you said, it wasn't unheard of at that time because I, I always think of David Bowie when I think of Prince. You know, the Ziggy Stardust era yep. with the makeup and the heels, you know, very similar. Very similar, Very similar, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and David Bowie was going through, uh, had been doing a lot of different um, playing around with his with his look and his, uh, you know, his personas. He had multiple personas that he used in his musical career, and and one of them was a very feminine, um, acting and looking character. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure Prince probably saw things like that and like, well, why can't I do that? You know, I'm, right. It, just because I'm, you know, an R and B artist at the time, there's nothing. There's no. There's no rule saying that this is only only rock stars can do this. So he wanted to. He wanted to do something a little different, and he did. The line, "Do I believe in God? Do I believe in me?" I like that line because at the time he hadn't he hadn't added a lot of spirituality into his music yet. Uh, he wasn't mentioning God in the way that he did later on in his career, or even right. just in a, in a couple, two, three years. And that line, you could read it a couple different ways, I think. One way that I was thinking of it when I was looking at the lyrics again was that is he is he asking himself or asking you know the question, is he does he believe in God? Do I believe in me? Is that more of saying like is he just you know, it's a kind of a egotist, self-centered, where, you know, if you believe in God, you know, you kind of, you're saying that you have, uh, you believe in a higher calling, you believe in um, something else besides what's in front of you, like you believe in a, in a power that's outside of the physical realm. But then you say something like, do I believe in me? Yeah, that's, that's asking, you know, do you believe in yourself? Do you have like literally, it means you know. Do I believe in in my abilities and myself? But I also wonder if he's like the religion of Prince. You know, do I am I yeah. saying do I believe in God like something else? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, or do I believe in me, i.e. the the religion of Prince, meaning like I'm self centered. I uh, you know I'm an egotist, and this is it's all about me. And that's one way that I looked at it. How do you kind of take that those lines? I took it as literally two different questions. Like the first part, do I believe in God? He could be asking himself that question or he could be, you know, saying, is that, are are you saying, are you asking, do I believe in God? 
because of the way I dress and because of the way I look and because I'm highly sexual, you know, could you possibly believe in God the way you are? You know, and then the second question, do I believe in me? I took that to to be a question that he was asking himself. Like, with the way I'm bringing this to you, with the way I'm presenting myself, am I believing myself to be this person, you know, that, that I'm, I'm showing you, you know, is this really who I am? So that's, that's kind of how I took it, like two literally different questions. Yeah, no, that's yeah. good. I like, I like that interpretation as well. I think that's, and you bring up a good point, like there's people that believe, you know, if you're going to believe in God and you're going to be a religious person, a religious man, or woman, you have to act a certain way, you have to dress a certain way, you can't talk about this or that. And what Prince had been um, speaking about in his songs and his appearance would not lead the casual observer to think that, you know, religion meant a lot to this person. Like, I don't want to say the word heathen, but... (laughs) Right. (laughs) I'm sure there were people that were thinking he was, and you know, he needed to find Jesus. <laughs> right, exactly. He couldn't, and Prince he couldn't is like, possibly hey, be. Yeah. Yeah. I it's like, you know what? He's always been, he's always had religion. I'm sure just like a lot of people, young people, religion may have not as been as important to him at the time, but it's not much later that he's recording a song called God that's you know ends up being the B side to Purple Rain. So I I don't know. If I've never really read anything too much about how religious Prince really was in his early career, but we know that he talks about it and we know that he, and we'll get to it later. He, he says the Lord's prayer in this song. So yeah, I, I think he was always had religion. I think he grew up and I could be wrong. I think he grew up seventh day Adventist, but you know, yeah, I, right. I think that, yeah, I think that was part of his childhood, but uh, you know, once he got older, I'm sure he what I mean obviously he was spiritual spiritual he did believe in God but he was also very creative and he wanted to be himself just I don't want to say despite that I think it was certainly a part of who he was and he wasn't afraid to let people know that as well as letting people know his sexual side or his I guess controversial side hence mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he did grow up uh, with faith, you know, and yeah. I and I and he always expressed that later on. I don't believe personally that to be spiritual requires you to be a part of an organized religion. I don't um, either. Or to be, you know, to have to attend a service every Sunday, and then that's the only way that you can be close to God. You know, I don't mm-hmm. believe that at all, and I don't. And even though, you know, Prince, with after he uh, became Jehovah's Witness, was much, feel, appeared to be much more practicing, you know, from a more traditional standpoint. Who knows at the time whether this was written, he, how, what level of, of church going he was, if at all. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that really changed anything about what he believed and what he, you know, had in, in him as his spirituality and his and his beliefs, his uh, religious beliefs, uh, his attendance in a church or even being associated with an organized religion, I don't necessarily think was important to him either. 
And um, but I don't know this for a fact. This is just my what I speculate. Okay, so then the verse continues on uh, after they, what I believe is Prince and Lisa, probably just harmonizing again, controversy, making sure to <laughs> to hammer home the point that this is these are all meant to be controversial statements. I can't understand human curiosity. So that line, um, he's you know addressing basically the questions that have come up that I'm sure he's heard. Why? Why is this such a big deal to everybody? Why? Why do you care if I'm black or white? Why do you care if I'm straight or gay? Why is that important? Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's just like, I can't understand this this human curiosity in other people. Was it good for you? Was I what you wanted me to be? Controversy. Do you get high? Does your daddy cry? Controversy. So the rest of that. That's the rest of the verse. Um, and there, those questions are more like uh, rhetorical questions. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Like <laughs> anything, good for you? <laughs> yeah. no, they're not really meant to be answered. They're not. They're not quite as um, straightforward, you know, as the first handful of questions. Uh, was it good for you? Was I what you wanted me to be? Those are just, you know, more questions. They could be you know, added as, or they could be questions about his sexual performance to a person that he's been with. Or they can just mm-hmm. be questions to the listener. Mm-hmm. You know, do you like my music? Is this what you expected when you bought my record? Did I give you what you wanted? Um, did you see me in concert? Did I live up to your expectations? You know, those are the types of, I think, probably questions he was asking. But And then, do you get high? Does your daddy cry? That Those are just, I think, once again, rhetorical questions. But they're more just um, questions to address the types of uh, things that people were were curious about, you know, drug use and, you know, and does your daddy cry? You know, what's your, what's your home life like? (laughs) (laughs) We didn't, we didn't have, we didn't have the backstory that, you know, the, the mythical backstory yet, you know, about purple, that purple rain kind of introduced with his relationship with his father. So I think reading into that line too much is probably uh, incorrect at this point. Not sure he was writing songs about his dad at that time. Maybe he was. And it just could have been an example of, you know, how far-fetched people can go as far as the the type of questions they can ask. Like, you know, does your daddy cry? You know, it could go that, it could get that crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, right. Right. I mean, how how much more information do you need from me? How deep do you want to get? It's uh, before it becomes like really invasive and, you know, too personal. And uh, the accent questions about drug use, do you get high? There's a perception no. that musicians use drugs, mm-hmm. whether or not they're using, um, you know, marijuana or something much more uh, heavy and dangerous. The, the questions always are out there about musicians. And there's, like I said, assumptions, especially um 
due to like a lot of what happened in the 60s it's a good it's a question that people were i'm sure were asking right All right, so then the chorus, he goes back into the questions about, you know, religion and believing in me. He says, do I believe in God? Do I believe in me? So he repeats that line. But then he rhymes it with, some people want to die so they can be free. Life is just a game. We're all just the same. Controversy. And he repeats controversy lines a little bit. So the the chorus uh, is, is cool. I like the chorus. It's very, the way it's sang. Do, 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 do. Just the, he sings those lines along with the groove, you know, the the keyboard, right. the synth groove. So it's almost like it's it's combined with the synth line, and the synth line is is memorable. And then you throw those words on top of it, and anybody can sing these lines. And there and to think about them though, what what is he saying outside of well already? Do I believe in God? Do I believe in me? Which we've talked about. Some people want to die so they can be free. That's an interesting line to me. I, what do you think about that line? Well, that whole snippet right there, to me, it, it tells me that anybody can have controversy in their lives. And the whole thing about some people want to die so they can be free, I thought he was talking about suicide at that point. Yeah, me too. Um, and... Um, you know, we're all the same, meaning, you know, we're all trying to get through this thing called life. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we can all have situations that are controversial in our own lives. That, that's what I got from that. Like, we're all the same in this. I'm no different than you are. So I kind of like that, that he brought, he brought us all together in that. This isn't just about me. This could be about you, too. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's good insight because in the verses, you know, in the first verse, he's talking about things that are more controversial subjects about Prince, mm-hmm. you know, things that probably had been talked about him or at least thought about him. But in the chorus, because it's the chorus and we're trying to tie it all together in a chorus typically and make something that is going to be relatable, create something relatable. Um, he like you said, he brings it back. To, around to kind of address overall types of issues and concerns people have in their lives so yeah like you said some people want to die so they can be free to me is also very much a line about suicide like people who who commit suicide do it because they're in so much pain that they just want to be free of that free of that pain and Mm -hmm. that is to me what he's saying as well so i'm i'm total agreement with that and it's just an interesting way of putting it because those of us who are not, you know, in that much pain, it, it's hard to fathom being in so much pain that you'd want to end your life. If Unless you're in that situation, unless you're in that dark place, it's very difficult for most of us to be able to kind of relate to that and understand how things can get so bad for somebody. Um, so him saying that is just kind of sh- shedding a light, like, hey, these people... 
they want to be free of their pain. And this is the only way they see to die. Mm-hmm. Right. And life is just a game. We're all just the same. Yeah. We're all just the same in the way that we all have. We all have. We're all dealing with our own shit, basically. <laughs> that's, that's it. And and like, you know, I'm dealing with controversy, but so can you in your yeah. own life. Yeah. Yep. And what is that controversy? And can can we get through it together? Um, and after this, then is his is the time. This is a fairly long song. It's like a seven minute song. So I mean, we're kind of going through the lyrics as if that's it's just lyrics and chorus. But there's a lot of music in this song, and there's a lot of like repeating the refrains, especially in the second half. But kind of in the middle of the song, he recites the Lord's Prayer, and this is where he does that. You know, he basically says the Lord's Prayer. deliberately it's very stretched out our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name because you know he's trying to say it along with the beat um yeah so that's part of it you know he has to stretch it out to go to be on beat and i believe and i read somewhere that this the inclusion of the lord's prayer in this song (laughs) in and of itself was a controversial act you know so in a song about controversy reciting a lord's prayer from a from a rock star, from a, a musician who many thought was probably uh, used drugs, had a lot of premarital sex, <laughs> was right. was living a, a lifestyle that was not becoming of a religious man. To have this this uh, prayer in the middle of a in the middle of a pop song was blasphemous, you know, and that was probably some people's take on that. I do too. But I, yeah, I, so, I think I was really surprised that he did it. But I I felt like he was saying, hey, I can be spiritual, be proud of it. Let me show you uh, what I know. Yes, I know the Lord's Prayer, but I can also be sexual, too. Yeah, I'm you sure know? people looked at it as being disingenuous, that he was just doing it as an art piece. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, as we know from later on in his in his career... He was religious. He had, he was spiritual. So throwing this, the Lord's Prayer in controversy is, it's like one of the really first clues that we had as listeners that this was important to him. That spirituality and God was important to him. Absolutely. Uh, In the same song, yes. Yeah, right. (laughs) Like I said, you know, throwing this prayer in in this song was, in fact, a controversial move. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so it's fitting for him to do that in a song called Controversy. It's just fitting. So then he goes back into the controversy. There's a lot of repeated refrains of controversy. And, you know, the the synth line again, the do-do-do-do-do controversy. So we get that quite a bit. But then towards the end, there's kind of like, I don't know if it's another verse or a refrain or <clears throat> what you want to call it, but he, he has this, um, this little bit of a, a chant. People call me rude. I wish we all were nude. I 
People call me rude. I wish we all were nude. I wish there was no black and white. I wish there were no rules. And he repeats that several times before going back into the, the groove again. So the rude, people call me rude. You know, he, he was wearing that rude boy pin at the time mm-hmm. on his on his purplish jacket that he had on the cover of the album. And he was also wearing that jacket during the Dirty Mind era. I wish we were all nude. For me, that's like saying I wish we were all were nude, like almost saying I wish we were all just as innocent as we were when we were born, you know, the day we were born. We were all naked the day we were born. And, you know, there's a lot of obviously infants and babies are very innocent. They don't have they've never committed, quote unquote, sin, (laughs) you know, unless you believe everybody's born with sin, which obviously some religions believe that. But I I don't know. I wish we all were nude is kind of a a line you could look at a different way in a few different ways. Going back to innocence being like we're just back to square one, Adam and Eve times, or we're all nude from a sexual standpoint. I wish we were all nude. So, you know, it's that hedonistic kind of approach towards um, human sexuality, the freedom of or being um, being judged by our clothes being judged by our attire and if we're all nude nobody can judge us for that what do you what do you think about that line in particular i wish we were all new were nude well i i have to say back in the day you know i went sexual with that i was like ooh, you know <laughs> but, yeah. you know i wish we all were naked hey but you know like you did as i got older i started thinking well maybe he meant you know nude meaning we're all on the same page you know because like you said with clothing you know you can look at people's clothing and make judgments about them whether they're rich or poor you know this and that but if we're all nude we're all on the same page we're all on the same level yeah um so yeah i definitely got that you know later in life but yeah in the beginning i thought it was sexual but then you can't really think of it as just sexual because he's thinking, you know, he's saying, I wish there were no black and white. You know, I wish there were no rules, meaning that we're all the same, you mm-hmm. know, which he mentioned in the, the chorus, you know, we're all just the same. So I think that reiterated what he was trying to the, the point he was trying to make that we're all the same. I'm no different than you, you know, and I wish there weren't black and white or rules. I wish we were all you know, on the same level. Yeah, yeah. And I, th- I, and Prince, as we know, this is not new, but he's done the sex and as a metaphor for a greater thing. So I'm sure I wish we all were nude was, <laughs> it meant both because that's what he did. It meant he had the sexual meaning and it also had a deeper meaning because that was so much of what he did. And it's not, at this point, it's not surprising that he would use something that could be construed as strictly sexual to also mean something else and to also have a different, a different meaning to it. And then I wish there was no black and white. I wish there were no rules. When I, when I hear these lines, when I think of these lines, it kind of a little bit takes me back to um, imagine by John Lennon, you know, in that song, he's imagining a world where, all these things that kind of divide us didn't exist. He wishes there was no heaven or hell. He wishes there were no countries. He wishes there was no religion. Because in this song, he's imagining 
the things that divide us not existing so that we could all be we could all just love one another and that was the the you know the very the hippie approach that john lennon took for that song and when i hear the line i wish there was no black and white i wish there were no rules uh prince to me is trying to do kind of something similar with that like as we know prince in later in his career completely and 100 percent embraced his his blackness and but at this time in his career in songs like uptown and songs like controversy he's Mm -hmm. trying to i think say that there's so much that divides us why don't we um kind of strip some of that away and we're all just trying to get along we're all just want to love one another and stop this fighting and all these stupid things that divide us and if and if there was no black and white if we were literally all just the same as you mentioned there we wouldn't have that to fight about you know there wouldn't be that there wouldn't be racism there wouldn't be um you know prejudgments based on just the color of skin or how somebody looks you know, we would judge people based on who they were. And that's what I get from this line um, as well. Not to say that we all need to be the same color. It's more of just let's take away the stuff mm-hmm. that divides us. Exactly. I and agree. See, and see what kind of a society we can develop without all of this this bullshit that keeps us apart before we even meet each other. I agree, and I think the song set the tone for the whole album because if you look at the cover, he's got all those headlines, war and this and that, that separates us, Mm -hmm. you know? And the other songs on the album kind of reflect that. So I do think that the the whole strip away the, the, the things that divide us if we don't do that, we're gonna it's gonna cause more problems in the world. So, yeah, yeah set, setting ourselves up for failure by falsely creating divisions amongst us through through race, through, uh, you know, like I said, socioeconomic status, people mm-hmm. looking down on you because you're poor or even, you know, vice versa, like having a prejudgment of somebody's character because they're they're well off. Right. Uh, it can go both ways. And, and I mean, it's just it's just. It's kind of an idealized uh, look at society and, and wanting this and hoping for this. And this is where his way of communicating his wishes at the time, you know. And it's funny because later on, I think it's like the next album, he um, he's like, take a bath, hippie. You know, he, he seems that Prince always seems to have like this um, thing against hippies <laughs> or at least mm-hmm. hippie culture. And I think that was just the product of his generation because his generation weren't hippies. It was his parents' generation or the generation ahead of him or before him. He was a kid in the 60s during the hippie movement, like a young kid, like, you know, Mm -hmm. too young to really partake in it. And it's in his mind, I think, and in people's mind at the time, like the punks and and some of the the new waivers and, and those who were doing some, trying to do something different through art, hippies were seen as, you know not ideal like that they tried that and it didn't work and but but a lot of what prince is saying in this song has his roots in that in in those uh ideologies that 
you know the hippies from the 60s were trying to push for like peace and love you know and it's like really that's what he wants too so he's just going going about it differently and that's really that's fine you know everybody every generation has to have their own way and find their own way to to communicate what they want and um prince is doing that in this song for sure he starts off communicating all of these controversial statements about him but then he later on in the song throughout the song he brings a back to um, us, you know, pointing a mirror at us as a society and saying, this is what is wrong with us in many ways. We're asking all these stupid questions. Creating controversy that should be. Exactly. Creating controversy where there doesn't need to be any controversy. And all it does is just divide us. So who cares if I'm black or white? Who cares if I'm straight or gay? I mean, yes, we know later on he definitely... Um, embraces his blackness, as I mentioned, but at the time, I think he's just fed up with it. He doesn't, these questions are not important to him. He's trying to get music out there. He's trying to there you go. become a a relevant musician. He's He wants people to listen to him, and, and he's afraid that if he is only seen as a black man, and he will only list, be played on black radio, R&B stations, and he'll never... Uh, reach the level of success and reach that he feels he deserves and obviously did deserve. So this these questions to him were just probably trivial and unimportant, and he a little bit fed up with it. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I agree. I think he used that song as a like a calling card to to stop the madness. You know, you know, let me just do my thing and listen to my music. And don't worry about what I look like or where I came from. You know, listen to the music. Listen to what I have to say. Listen to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And he does a, a great way of doing that is by uh, addressing it head on instead of ignoring it and pretending it didn't exist. He addresses it head on in this track and, um, you know, stop the madness, man. That's, that's <laughs> That was a good, a good way to uh, kind of phrase it because there was a lot of madness, I'm sure, at the time. So we've reached the end then of the lyrics of controversy. It's it is my favorite song on the album. I mean, it's not a very um, unique favorite song because it seems to be a very popular song from this record. But I mean, it's my favorite song for a reason. It the music is so amazing on this track. It's a song that you can easily sing along to because while he's saying a lot, it's not sung in a complex way. You yeah. can. And if you line. don't know anything, you know, controversy, you know, you know that. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right. And there's been times, I'm sure, I, my, my kids, they do it too. And I'm listening to the song. They'll just pipe in with the controversy at the end of each line. Because mm-hmm. at least, if nothing else, though that line is clear and easily sung. And because of the way it's sung, interestingly enough, it's uh, it's fun to sing. So. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any final thoughts on the song Controversy, Karen? What do you think of this song overall and the scope of the album? Like I said before, I think it just sets the tone for the album. Uh, the The music is infectious. I mean, you can't forget that beat. You know, like I said at the beginning, you're you're like, wait a minute, what is this? You know, you you're ready for it. So, I think it was a, a good a good lead song into that album. I definitely do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It deserves to be side A, track one for sure. Absolutely. It's, it's any place else on this album wouldn't make any sense at all. There's a lot to talk about in this song. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, it was, and and 
when I listened to it, you know, decades ago, I didn't think that there was a lot to it. But when you really break it down, there was a whole lot to it. So, yeah, I'm I'm glad I was able to do this. Yeah, I mean, this is this is the whole point of me doing this podcast, because there's so much more to Prince's lyrics than what meets the eye, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, and if you because the music is so good, you just get lost in that in many cases. and You don't think too deeply into it. Um, and I wanted to, as much as I love the music and the music draws me in tremendously, I want to strip away some of that and, and really just focus on what is he saying and what is he trying to say and what do we mm-hmm. think he's trying to say? Because we, we're just speculating and it's our own interpretation. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think we're pretty spot on most of the time. <laughs> yeah, I do too. You've been listening to the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. I've been your host, Jason Brenninger. Thanks to Karen Shedrick again for joining me on the controversy episode. Hopefully everyone enjoyed that one and uh, took something away from the dissection of the lyrics. I sure had a good time recording it. So thank you very much for listening. And until next time, goodbye. Goodbye.